On today's episode, I'm joined by Saad Youssef, who writes for The Athletic covering the Dallas Stars to talk about the biggest surprises of this season. We'll talk about all the good things we've seen from this team, some of the bad and some of the things that can be improved. And to close out, we'll talk a little bit about how we would build a hockey roster around Brooklyn Nine-Nine characters. If you know, you know. All of this and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Tuesday, January 31st. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Lockdown. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you're watching on YouTube or the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform. We are free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. But without any further hesitation, let's jump into today's episode with Saad Youssef where we talk about the biggest surprises for the Dallas Stars this season. And then if you follow him on Twitter, you know he tweets a little bit after every game uh, comparing Dallas Stars games to a GIF from the hit TV show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And so at the end of our conversation, we built some hockey starting lineups out of characters from the show. And I think you guys will enjoy that part. And I hope you enjoy the whole conversation. And here it is, today's chat with Saad Youssef of The Athletic. Joining me now on the show, you've heard his voice on here before. You've maybe heard his voice on the radio here in Dallas. And he also covers the Stars through The Athletic. It's the one and only Saad Youssef. And Saad, how's it going? It feels like this season has kind of flown by. Here we are already at the All-Star break and the playoffs not too far away. Yeah, it really has flown by. And I think, you know, it, there, there's a lot more. Uh, the time flies by a lot more when, when you know, the team is as exciting and winning and every every game is just, you know, just super fast and, and you kind of move on to the next one. And, and honestly, you know, you've heard Pete DeBoer say this a lot, but this schedule is really been brutal for the stars in terms of really this last month um when you get the way they start the season i think they had like 11 of their first 17 or something like that on the road and yeah. the road trips this last month have just been ridiculous so yeah it's it's been a lot for the team but they've navigated pretty well and find themselves at the top of their division top of the top of the western conference here at the all-star break and you know a lot of the guys getting some some much needed time off and We'll, we'll see Jason Robertson and Pete DeBoer at the All-Star Game next weekend, and then the team will be be back next Monday before you know it. But talking about the you know the the team as a whole, just kind of want to start off with some pretty general questions that I feel like if you ask anyone who follows this team, you'll get a little bit different answers depending on who you ask. But what's been to you the most surprising thing about this Stars team this season in a good way? Uh, what, what's pleasantly surprised you about how they've performed up to this point? Yeah, I mean... You know, I, th there's two. Th I'll I'll give you two answers: one team and one individual. For me, team-wise, I think the power play. Right? I mean, when when we all saw that, ha first of all, second half of last year, how much the stars with this personnel 
that they have right now, all these guys that are dominating the power play right now were on the team last year, at least on the first unit. I know why it is why it is and Mason are on the second unit, but mm-hmm. the top unit, all these guys were here in the second half of the season was atrocious. It was really bad. Um, then you have Pete DeBoer coming in with Steve Spot, and Steve Spot struggled in Vegas. Now he dealt with his own injuries in Vegas um, and, and all that stuff. So but but you just had, you know, I, I think I thought that the power play would be somewhere in the eight to 14 range if you had asked me before the season I would have said 8 to 14 I didn't think they were as bad as they showed last year and they just have too many good players to be that bad consistently uh but they're a top five unit in the NHL and so um and and one of the best on the road I think top two or three on the road so um the power play as 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 a uh as a unit as a team thing is the most pleasantly surprising thing and then in players like you know I know a lot of people you know, whether you look at Jason Robertson taking his game to the next level, Jamie Ben's resurgence, Tyler Sagan playing well also, whatever. For me, it's Wyatt Johnston. Like, and and it's pretty hands down Wyatt Johnston for me. Um, it's not how good he's playing. It's how consistent he's playing. Um, you know, I'm sure if we're going to get to the most disappointing things that you'll see the opposite end of this coin. But when it comes to just how consistent this 19 year old kid is playing in a prominent role, he's been on the second power play unit. He's playing, you know, quality minutes with Jamie Ben at his wing and Ty Delandria at times. I would say they have been not at times. I would say throughout the season, they have been the second most consistent line on the team outside of, you know, arguably the best line in hockey. So for me as a team, it's probably the power play as an individual. I would say it's Wyatt Johnston. Yeah, White White Johnston's been particularly special, and he he's a guy I did have written down that I wanted to talk about a little bit. So I'm glad you brought him up, and I, I think one special part about him off the ice. I mean, and obviously on the ice, he scores goals and plays very well for a 19 year old. But there's a, a humility to him. It seems whenever we've gotten to talk to him, either after games, and I'm sure you, you and some other guys have had some conversations with him at practice or you know other events where where the team is together. Is that something that you've seen a lot? Of, I know you've been, you know, covering the stars and and sports in general uh, a little bit longer than I have. Or, or is this something that maybe took you by surprise with Wyatt Johnston? I mean, I just feel like you might not see such humility from a 19 year old kid who's playing as well as he is. But it seems to just, you know, kind of come naturally to him that he understands his role on the team, but also is one of the better players in terms of forwards uh, with offensive production. Yeah, I mean, you just never know, right? Like sometimes, and and it's not that guys that don't have humility. Sometimes they just have swagger, and 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 Wyatt has a a quiet swagger. But I'm talking more overt. I'll give you two examples. For me, in 2018, two 19 year olds that I covered, Miro Heiskanen and Luka Doncic, very different, right? Miro Heiskanen yes. had more of that Wyatt quiet silent humility now you know and both of them they're kind of comparable because they're coming over from europe um language barrier all that kind of stuff but luca just had a little bit more of that pizzazz and swag to him and it was just like you know like like i'm the best and i know it and miro was more quiet humility it was it was more like i'm the best but like you know i'm gonna let you tell everybody how how good i am like that kind of thing um, so you have different kind of guys. And, you know, when you look at some of the stars, young players, I mean, you know, even on the roster, Jake Ottinger, not that he's not humble, but he, he, he is, he has that swagger about him. He's out there. He, he's not scared to, you know, make statements and say, say the say how he's feeling and things like that. And then you kind of have another guy in like Ty Delandria, who's a little bit more 
on the quiet side. Now, obviously, the star power is vastly different. Jake Ottinger is one of the best players in the NHL, but but still, like, so what you're saying, I think the stars have had this contrast with young guys in the past, whether it be Miro or Jake or Ty Delandria. You see these young guys kind of come in and they have these different personalities, but you're absolutely right. Wyatt is definitely one of those more uh, soft-spoken. Um, see, that's the thing. I think all those guys, like Jake is humble too, but not necessarily, you know, under the radar type. And I think Wyatt is more just like, aw shucks, like it's cool that I'm still in the NHL type thing, but then he plays like he belongs like one of them, so. Yeah, no, no doubt. It, it's a good mixture. And I think he, you know, does have a little bit maybe more, you know, uh, spice for lack of a better term on the ice. I mean, when he scores, I mean, he's celebrating with his teammates and there, there's a good amount of personality there. But I just am always kind of su- surprised and taken aback just by, you know, how how chill he is about everything in the locker room after games. So, you know, score a game winning goal or helps, you know, set up a game winning goal in overtime. And it, it's just kind of every other day for him. And and yeah, I think he's just taking in this experience in the NHL and seems to be enjoying every bit of it. And we talk about the good with this team, but for all the good, there's, of course, things that might not always be as exciting with with a hockey team throughout an 82-game season. From your perspective, what are some things that maybe you thought w- w- would be positives for the Stars this season, but really have either been their Achilles heel or something that maybe needs a little bit more improvement before the season's all said and done? Well, I mean, the easy answer there is overtime, right? I mean, <laughs> we're coming off of three straight overtime losses. Yeah. Uh, I just have a piece on The Athletic that I posted yesterday. I rewatched every overtime period and, and uh, you know, just, just kind of to see patterns and things like that. So, you know, you can check that out on The Athletic. But, um, but yeah, I think uh, – sorry, one second. Um, I think uh, when you look at when, – when you kind of look at the disappointments, overtime for me is an interesting one because I'm – it's disappointing, but it's not concerning because this team is not teetering on the edge of the playoff picture. Um, could it make, could it make a difference? Absolutely. Like, you know, they could, it could go from one to two or at most maybe from two to three, but this is going to be a top three team in the central. They're not in danger of missing the playoffs. So it's not that major in that way, but I, I still think that, you know, overtime is something they need to figure out, but as I kind of analyze as well, this team is kind of, it's weird. You know, they were so good in overtime last year with some of the same personnel. It's just, they just have to have puck possession and um, they've struggled with that. Um, I think individually, I, you know, like I told you with Wyatt, it's the opposite end of the coin. It's Dennis Gurianov. I mean, it's, that's been pretty obvious as well. This was supposed to be your, you have five of your top six forwards. Um, this was supposed to be your number six. He was supposed to be the guy. It ties into overtime as well. He's not trusted enough to be put on the ice in those critical situations where one misplay can make a rush the other way. But when you look at the tangible tools, Dennis Gurionov's tangible like skill set is built for overtime. Like this, he should be out there. And if you have him with Miro Haskinen and Rope Hints out there. That is that should be lethal. Um, instead, you have Jason Robertson, who's a great player, obviously, but maybe not the skater that Gurionov is in that sense. And you know, you you have some uh, you know you, you know you saw some times where Robertson gets beat down the ice in overtime. But yeah, so I would say from a team's point, fan standpoint, it's overtime, and from a player standpoint, it's Gurionov. Today's episode of Locked On Stars is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. 
We're really excited about our new betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features to make betting on sports both fun and easy. Download FanDuel so you can get Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet, where you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is both safe, secure, and super convenient and easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid with your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Stars podcast. Yeah, Gurionov's one of those players where you know that the skill is there. We've seen it in the past, and even even with overtime. I remember last year, I believe it was the home opener against Los Angeles. He scored the the game-winning goal and used that speed and that quickness to get down the ice, and we, we just haven't seen that this season. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what his role looks like with the team from here on out. And even if, he, you know, if he's a member of this team going forward after this season, I, I know that that's maybe a different conversation for a different day. But after this month, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, yeah. and that kind of takes me to the, the next thing I want to talk about. And that's the trade deadline, like you said, coming up here in the next month. Not necessarily particular players, although if you do have players in mind, I'd love to hear them. What kind of moves are you anticipating for the stars at the deadline? Because I can understand the argument for, you know, a top six forward, but also if you if the team wanted to round out the defensive core a little bit, I think I could understand that as well. What do you what do you anticipate happening here in the next month or so for the stars to potentially make some adjustments to the roster? Yeah, first of all, I don't think they're going to be big money spenders. I think they but on the other side, I do think there's going to be moves made for sure. I mean they have cap space. They're accruing cap space. That's a good thing about them being healthy. Two things. One, they didn't have to dig into LTIR, which allows them to accrue cap space. Two, they're able to roll with 12 forwards. Like, you know, I, I would get some questions about why Olofsson was sent down and when, like, you know, he, he might be a better option than Gurionov in the lineup, but he's waivers, he, you know, he's waivers exempt. So they're, they're trying to create cap space for that. Um, so I don't think they're going to be big spenders. I think if you're looking for a, Timo Meyer or Patrick Kane, like, you know, it's just, it, they, I don't think they have the money to make that happen. Um, I do think they're going to add some things around the core. Um, I, I think it's mostly going to come maybe on the blue line. Um, they could have some things that come up on the forwards as well, but it's going to be tough in the sense that, you know, you can't land a top six guy unless you, you know, have a lot of money to spend and you don't have a lot of money to ship out either. So really, when you look at it, they have two guys. They have Gurionov, they have Radek Faxa. That's basically it. Because when you talk about Anton Hudobin, and I understand he's the, he's the guy, but this team has given up draft picks right now to get Nils Lundqvist and things like that. The sweetener that it would require for to ship Hudobin out, if it's a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, seventh round pick, sure. But if teams are going to look and, – and it. And, you know, this is where it's hard to say at this point, this far ahead of the deadline, because if you have a contending team that is desperate for a goalie, maybe they'll maybe they don't need a high end sweetener to get Hudobin. But if they do, I don't see the stars making that kind of a deal where they're going to give up. This team has been drafting way too well. And they've seen when you talk about the excitement that's around this team. 
this is the top team in the Western Conference. And by what I can tell from the fan base and just people in general, they're more excited about the future than they are about this year. Everyone's <laughs> talking about what the top is going to look like when Logan Stankoven is here. Well, you have to have draft picks to make that happen, right? Um, so I think they're not going to salvage their future. And by the way, they don't have money to do it anyways. They, they're going to have to, they're going to have to sign Robertson to a huge deal when that, when that's over Ottinger to a huge deal when that's over. And it's crazy to be talking about that just months after they just signed their bridge contracts, but that's just the reality of this cap situation. Why Johnson is going to come up tied to Landry is already an RFA right now. Um, so I think they're, they're going to have too much money to work with to make big moves. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm curious to see what moves get made. Cause I, even last year, I mean, there weren't, uh, you know, a ton of moves made by the team. They brought in Scott Wedgwood uh, and Vlad Nemestikov, neither of those huge, you know, headline making moves, but moves that I think benefited the team and helped them make the run that they did. And just with this team, they have so many guys that have been around for, for so long and a lot of guys still remaining from that team that went to the Stanley cup in 2020. And just, just from your perspective and how you've watched hockey over the years, do you think the team chemistry can be drastically affected by bringing in new guys? Or do you think a team like the stars would still manage pretty well? Uh, I mean, I think the, the veteran presence is very strong on this team, but I mean, do you think the, the, the front office and the coaching staff take into account personalities and, and things of that nature when making trades, or is it more, Hey, this guy's really skilled at, at scoring or this guy can make plays. And that's a little bit more of the focal point. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And actually one that, you know, um, I, I just got some, I'm doing a story. I'll, I'll give a soft tease for uh, in, in a week or two, just a story on the Matt Zuccarello trade, which was one of the bigger trade deadline moves of the Jim Nill era, maybe the biggest. And, uh, and, you know, I talked to, talked to some guys about that and, and, you know, you'll see it in the piece, but like uh, Zuccarello was a great player. Right. And, and obviously an upgrade to the lineup, but his locker room presence was something that they really did their homework on played a huge role in trading for him. Um, all that stuff was really big. So as talented as Zuccarello was, if he was a locker room, uh, you know, mess or whatever, that trade wouldn't have happened. And so um, absolutely they take those things into account. But at the same time, you know, you also, you also understand that you have a little bit more room for flexibility when it comes to that stuff, because you have such a strong core in place right now. Like, what player is going to come in and try to mess with Jamie Ben and Joe Pavelski in the locker room and that dynamic, like you're going to find yourself on the outside real quick if you're going to try to step to that. So um, I, I think that that's the luxury they have is that they have such great leadership in place already, but still Jamie Ben was here a few years ago when they brought Zuccarello in and still that was a huge, uh, you know, and Spezza was here that year too. So they had great leaders. But still, they they really looked at Zuccarello and thought that he was a good locker room fit too. Definitely, and I think if anything, the the locker room chemistry and camaraderie, which you know from everything I can tell, seems to be at some pretty high levels with the stars. I think that could almost be a drawing point for guys that are you know probably going to be traded from their teams. And I think that you know most players around the league would be excited to join a locker room as connected and as you know. Uh, bonded strongly bonded as the stars and so i think it's one of those things where the leadership like you said ben pavelski that they've been around in the league long enough and been around with this team and organization long enough to have an understanding of how to show a guy the ropes and kind of you know i, I imagine ease them in with, with how chaotic trade season can be and 
changing cities, changing time zones, potentially moving families across the country or across the continent for that matter. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who the stars potentially bring in and how they come into the lineup. And maybe it's a, a Zuccarello type situation, maybe not that big of a name, but you, you never know with Jim Nil. He seems to have a, a knack for some pretty in incredible moves, whether it's trade or free agency. And what one more question for you before we move on to, to some of the fun stuff with Brooklyn Nine-Nine lineups. <laughs> it's not no secret that the stars are considered to be you know, one of the best teams in the league, clearly, and I think you touched on it earlier, you think that they are the best team in the West. I think that their record not only shows that, but the way they play. If the Stars are going to win the Stanley Cup this year, in your eyes, what is the reason why? Jake Ottinger. I mean, I, I think I think that once the playoffs come around, um, I think there's going to be a lot of... Th this, team this team has been pretty consistent and good, um, at the same time, like, I think, uh, when you're asking why they would win, um, there are other reasons why I think they could lose the absence of scoring, not enough, whatever, you know, that could be why they lose, but I don't think they can win. I, I think if they do win, like Jake Ottinger will be a big reason why. And, um, th this, I kind of go back to the Calgary series. I know it's a different coach and a different system and everything like that. But if they win that series, if they if they get by that game seven, they find one more goal in that overtime, which they almost did a couple of times. Jake Ottinger's the reason they win that series, right? So I think if they win the if they go the distance, I think Jake Ottinger will be the reason why. Now there's some really good number twos, right? I think Jason Robertson, um, I think Joe Pavelski, Rope Hintz, uh, Miro Haskin, and all these guys will definitely play a big role, but. I think that come playoff time, when when you know teams are playing, a, we all know NHL playoffs is a different beast. More than any other sport, the transition from regular season to um, to playoffs, and when you have that rock back there in the crease, um, I think he will be. He may not be the flashiest guy. I'm not saying he'll win the Conn Smythe Trophy or anything like that, but I still think he'll be one of the just bedrock pieces of why they win if they do. Yeah, no doubt. And I think you can look historically throughout the league and even some of the past few years and the the cup champions have been the teams with rock solid goaltending Vasilevsky out of Tampa and Colorado as good as, uh, you know, Franco's and uh, Darcy yeah, well, Kemper were that lineup was I, that yeah, lineup was also was say, a super kind of, team. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind of an exception with Colorado, but yeah. like as good as, uh, you know, Tampa is throughout their dynasty even the two they won and the one they lost, Vasilevsky's a rock back there. That's not to say Kucherov, the way, you know, the LTI situation and when he came back and the way he played and and obviously Victor Hedman and all these guys, like that's not to say and that third line, Blake Coleman, all, yeah, all of those things are really good. But Vasilevsky was back there and that is just huge when it comes to that. Yeah, and, and he was good for them last year when they, when they lost to Colorado. But again, that Colorado team was... I mean, one of the most unstoppable lineups we've seen in recent memory. So it's no surprise that that that, that team won the cup in six games. So yeah, no surprise at all. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is also brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens and their product, AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. 
AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And right now, your subscription would come with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. But now it's uh, it's time for the, the the fun, probably maybe the funnest part of this episode and something I've been looking forward to. If you're a, a, a frequent on Stars Twitter and you follow Saad, uh, you've seen over the, I don't know how many years you've been doing it, you can say in just a second, but you have a, a thread of, of post-game reactions after every Stars game from a popular TV show, sitcom. I know last year it was Parks and Recreation, uh, and this year it's it's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. How, how many years have you been doing it? Do you remember all the shows that you've gone through? Yeah, just three. Every year that I've been okay. a beat writer, of course, I started with The Office, as as I would, but uh, and then it was Parks and Rec, and now Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's a that's a pretty solid lineup right there. And I, I had the idea if we're going to have sod on, it felt only right to for each of us to build our own starting lineup. So a goalie, two defensemen uh, and three forwards out of Brooklyn Nine-Nine characters, whether that's people from the main cast that are in just about every episode uh, or if we feel so inclined to add some, you know, guest stars or, or characters that show up every few episodes once or twice a season. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and take off and sod if you want to go first and just kind of go player by player or position by position. and tell us who you have and why you chose them, or we can just go back and forth. That might be a little easier. So if you want to start with goalie defenseman or forwards, and then I'll, you know, counter with, with, with who I have after you go with yours. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think going one player back and forth would be good. Um, yeah. In, instead of starting with goalie, I'm actually going to start with the, with the one that was the easiest pick for me. And that was the Brooklyn nine, nine captain with the stars captain. When you look at the personality when you look at the uh, importance to the cast and importance to the show, like, yes, you have Jake and Amy and Gina and all, and, and all that and Charles, but Captain Ray Holt. And when you when you have that, like, more of a outwardly dry uh, personality, you know, with all due respect, I think that is something that matches up with Jamie Ben really well. So, again, I'm not necessarily making my best lineup, but. I think Jamie, like Captain Raymond Holt and Jamie Ben, that would be my first forward. Yeah, I, I, I actually am in a similar boat. I, I actually didn't. I love that you're doing uh, characters compared to stars players. I, I didn't do that, but I, I'm glad that you did. I, okay. I just did by position, but I mean, you know, it, it's different for e for each lineup. But I did have Raymond Holt on mine, playing somewhere on the forward line. I went ahead and put him at the center position, and, and I'm, okay. I'm right there with you. I think he has that, you know, the personality where he, he can be the strong, silent type, but. I've seen mic'd up clips of Jamie Ben during games and there's a lot more energy. And if you've watched the show, you know, when, when things get intense or if someone pushes the wrong button, Ray Raymond Holt can get going and he can, he can uh, certainly show some personality. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think second for me, Jason Robertson as Andy Sandberg, um, Jake Peralta for me, um, the star of the show, he's the main guy, but very, very uh, youthful, uh, you know, um, outlook to him. I would say Jason Robertson is definitely Jake Peralta for me. Yeah, that 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 seems like a very, very good connection. And I'll, I'll go ahead and stick with a, a forward position as well. I went ahead and added uh, Amy Santiago to my lineup playing on a wing position. I think that 
she and, and Captain Holt have that that chemistry where at first maybe things didn't quite work out because it kind of felt like you, you know Amy was kissing up to the captain a little bit. But as time goes on, they they develop that strong chemistry and Amy, you know, gets promoted throughout the nine nine and they end up working really well together. And so I think that there's some some chemistry that could be had that could result in some some pretty lethal chances on offense. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next guy, and by the way, I, I know I'm not going in. I, I, I think we had different interpretations of this. And that's um, okay. <laughs> yeah, for me, like, I, I think all my guys are actually wingers, so I don't have a center, a true center. But uh, I, I've had, you know, Jamie Ben as Captain Jay Peralta, then, or Captain Raymond Holt, then Jake Peralta and Jason Robertson. Uh, for me, Ty DeLandria as uh, Adrian Pimento. Uh, just this wild just you know bottle of energy that's just going everywhere um i i i was thinking either pimento would be marchment or delandria one of the two guys who just is always if when you look up at a stars game is probably hitting the ice at some point um i think for, for me it's i'll go with ty delandria just because he's coming off that he had a really big hit the last game that he was that, that they played so yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. I had Pimento on my lineup as well. I'll, you know, I, I put him at a defensive position, and I think it, he pairs well with the other guy I have that I'll, I'll get to later when we get there. But I, I mean, yeah, he, like you said, wild card has endured quite a bit of pain. Has some pretty incredible backstories of, of things that he's endured and survived. A, a tough guy, but also a little bit of a wild card, and can't really seem to be a guy that you can shake. So I, I had to add him to my defensive core. Not the biggest guy. I found Jason Mantzoukas, his actor, only coming in at 5'10", but what, what he lacks in size, he he makes up for in just the, the inability to to die, basically, or yeah. to, to be harmed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so that's my three forwards. Uh, J, uh, Jake Peralta is Jason Robertson, Jamie Benn is Raymond Holt, and uh, Ty Delanger is Pimento. Um, my def- my, I'll go with the goaltender next. Um, Terry Jeffords, Jake Ottinger. For me, just the just the physical specimen that he is along with the, uh, with the leadership and tenacity for me, that was the comparison that I made. So Jake Peralta is Terry Jeffords. Yeah. I, I, I like that pick and I, I almost went there as well. Jeffords is on my roster, but I'll, I'll get to him a little later, but I, for my goalie, I ended up going with the, uh, with Doug Judy, the, the Pontiac bandit himself, uh, another big guy, both physically, but also j- just vocally with his presence. I think he has a little bit of that, that swagger. We talk about Jake Ottinger plays, you know, he throws the puck after he makes a save and throws it to the face off dot or kind of tosses it back to the guy that shot it. And I, I feel like that's something that, that Doug Judy would do. He just kind of has that, that, that fun, fun loving, but also the, the little bit of the arrogant side too. And also the Pontiac bandit known for, for stealing things, mainly cars. And maybe he could steal a game or two for, for his team if he were in that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. So I'll actually go with the guy that I have as Doug Judy next. So I have two defensemen left, right? And and for me, Doug Judy, I, I put as Niels Lundqvist. Um, just because a little bit of, a li- like, you know, a, a really fun and, and, and exciting guy that you want to see. Every time I watch, rewatch the show and it's, a, and it's a Doug Judy episode, I always get really happy. But a little bit of an outlaw as well, so, and still learning um as uh in, in his development i would say as a person right he goes from being a car thief to then being a good guy so he, he develops over the show so that's i would say that's why he's my nils lundquist um and i'll actually just round out my defenseman and throw it over to you for your last two sure uh miro haskin is gina Linetti. the the human form of the 100 emoji that's miro haskin so yes. um so that's those are my two defensemen 
I, I love that. I mean, what not no no explanation really needed for Gina Linetti. If you've seen the show, you know what she brings to the table. And uh, rounding out my defensive core, that that's where I have uh, Sergeant Jeffords as well. Terry Crews, he, him and Jason Manzukas are the only guys I actually did size and weight for just because I knew that that mattered a little bit for defensemen. But Terry Crews comes in at least to a quick Google search at 6'2", 245. So Manzukas and Adrian Pimento might not have the size, but Jeffords certainly does. He has that kind of enforcer mentality. If anyone messes with his squad, he, he's going to be the first guy to retaliate and stick up for his guys. And so you you send you know Adrian Pimento or a Amy Santiago into the boards, and and here comes Sergeant Jeffords to uh to clean up the mess and and drop the gloves. And my my last guy coming in at, at the last wing position, maybe not necessarily a, a fan favorite in terms of a likable personality, but I think every team needs kind of the quote unquote villain. And so for my my last pick at the right wing position i have detective pembroke or better known as the vulture uh maybe not might not get along with everyone on the team might have some so, some beef every now and then just for some disagreements or you, you know things of that nature but at the end of the day he's good at getting under people's skin and he knows how to push people's buttons and i think every team needs that player if, if they want to gain that not only the physical edge over a team but the mental edge too yeah so who who is that though oh on this team it, it's tough because I, I feel like this team doesn't necessarily have that go-to enforcer. I feel like Jamie Benn will stick up for guys a lot, but I wouldn't call him a pest like I would consider the right. vulture. Maybe, maybe like Mason Marchman a little bit. Been, I, I, I would say the vulture would have been like Corey Perry. Yeah, like, Corey, like Corey a Perry. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he would have fit well, or maybe even like a Jamie Alexiak a little bit, just kind yeah. of. And I think that might be a little bit more of a, a Terry Jeffords at, you know, defenseman position. Yeah, I, I feel like the Stars don't have that that villain player that, that a lot of teams have. Like I think Corey Perry would have been a, a great comparison for sure. But that, yeah, that that's, that's about what I expected. I know a little bit of differences there and may, may, I, I know I probably didn't explain it super well. And uh, I, I know I didn't have stars players to compare, but I'm glad you did. I think that added a, an interesting angle, but Saad, I appreciate your time and the, the takes on the stars and the takes on Brooklyn nine, nine. And if you want just to take a second and kind of let the people know where they can find you on social media, where they can find your work in case they, they don't already know. Yeah, for sure. I actually, I'm, I'm glad to do this now because I'm actually, uh, uh, first of all, as usual, the athletic, that's where all my work is going to be. I have a really exciting couple of weeks lined up here as well. A couple of good stories coming up, um, analysis and features mixture of that. And like I said, I, I just, you know, on Saturday rewatched all 13 overtime periods and, and, uh, kind of broke down things. So, just a lot of that going on at the athletic uh, would definitely appreciate the support so that, you know, you know, right now, like, you know, to, to get on my little uh, journalism nerds soapbox, like you want to have independent outlets covering the team. And, and we see what happened, what, what happened with our friends at defending big T, which is really sad to see. And um, you know, the morning news is about to hire a reporter. So that's, that's good news, but, um, but you want to have more of that. And, and, you know, right now, like, like, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm the, I'm the only full-time stars beat reporter. And so, you know, I, I definitely appreciate whatever support for that. Um, secondly, on Twitter, as you said, like, you know, during games, I, I honestly tweet way too much and <laughs> probably need to cut that back. But, um, but you know, that that's where I do a lot of my live tweeting during games and stuff and then just other things. But the new thing that I'm doing is, uh, is I, I'm, I'm starting now, I, I'm becoming active on Reddit. Um, it's a new venture for me. It's something that I'm brand new to. Um, I kind of soft launched a couple months ago when Twitter was kind of hanging in the balance a little bit where it was like, what's going to happen? We didn't know. Obviously Twitter's fine, but, um, but now I'm going to use Reddit for a different thing. I want to create more conversation. Um, 
I have a hard time criticizing players on Twitter because 280 characters is not enough to really you criticize a player, but if you criticize them, then you need to back it up with a good explanation. And I think Reddit will be allow me a, allow me a bigger platform to engage with Stars fans who you know in the comments and on Reddit posts or whatever. I have my own subreddit. It's my same as my Twitter handle, Saad Yusuf one two six. Um, so follow me there, and you know I'll be posting my work there as well. Um, but then extended discussions, kind of an extension of the athletics comment section, but you know just maybe a little different platform. It's kind of an athletic comment section slash tweets hybrid. Um, so I'll be doing that, and I'll be a lot more active on Reddit. Uh, that being said, I'll also be peeking over to the Dallas Stars Reddit that obviously already exists. So just more involved in that in that area as well. So that's something that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, if you're a Stars fan and you're interested in anything that Saad just laid out, be sure to, to go check out his work, whether that's Twitter, The Athletic, Reddit, lots of exciting stuff. I, I'm sure that's going to be coming with the stories he already has in development, but also just the rest of this season with the trade deadline, the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, the, we'll get to the summer soon. And while the Stars might not have their first round draft pick at the moment, still a lot could happen. Because again, you never really know what Jim Neal has up his sleeve. But Saad, thank you again for joining today's episode. And we'll have to have you back uh, on sometime soon. Anytime, Nate. Thanks. <laughs>